You're listening to the Human Business Narrative Podcast with your host, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Eastern European, Ivan Tamilkov. Yo, what's up, you lovely humans? My name is Ivan Temelkov, a digital practitioner, human evangelist, and startup founder of RazorSharpDigital.com, a human marketing agency that helps brands establish their digital governance through human-to-human convergence. We're all about the H2H, human business, human marketing, and the human experience. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 12 of the Human Business Narrative Podcast with yours truly and today's special guest, Stacy DePolo. Ladies and gentlemen, I am pretty excited to bring uh, this guest interview to the Human Business Narrative Podcast uh, for a couple of different reasons. Uh, I had a great time jamming with Stacy DePolo. She is someone that I've been keeping an eye on for a while in the social media space, simply because I've been actually quite mesmerized by the things that she has been able to accomplish at GoDaddy. Uh, and I think I did forget forget to mention that Stacy is the social advocacy manager at GoDaddy, which really needs no introduction. Um, if you are in business, if you're in marketing, then you probably know who GoDaddy is, uh, and if you don't, definitely look it up because GoDaddy is one of those companies that uh, you should probably know about and what they do. So with that being said, I'm f- very thrilled to bring this guest interview. Me and uh, Stacy had a great time jamming, and the video portion of this interview will also be available on my YouTube channel, so definitely keep an eye on that, on my Facebook page as well. So make sure you keep an eye on that as well. And without further ado, I'm not going to keep stalling. I'll let Stacy drop all the knowledge bombs because it was a great conversation that we had. And I want to make sure that I don't spoil anything that she mentioned. So here we go. Without further ado, Stacy DePolo. And I will see you guys on the backside. What's up, you lovely humans? You're listening to episode 12 of the Human Business Narrative Podcast with myself, Ivan Temelkov, and special guest, Stacy DePolo. Stacy is the social advocacy manager at GoDaddy, a speaker and lifelong agent of change. Stacy, how are you? I'm great, Ivan. Great to be here today. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for hopping on to, to jam with me. Uh, I know you have a quite the intense schedule with everything that you're doing um, at, at GoDaddy. So uh, the honor is mine to have you to jam with me because the one thing that I always look forward to is have people like you who have so much positive energy, so much optimism, so much enthusiasm, and uh, so much ambition from what I hear. So with that being said... <laughs> Tell us what's your story. How did you get into what you're doing today? Sure. Um, well, Ivan, I started out actually in politics. My degree is uh, half in natural resource conservation from Humboldt State University. And when I was studying um, how to protect and preserve the environment, which is really the, the passion that fuels my work, 
Um, I learned very quickly that if I didn't get political and, and take a turn into communications, there wouldn't be any nature left to mm-hmm. protect. So I started out in the trenches defending the last ancient redwoods on the north coast of California in the 90s. And what happened that led me to where I am today is a pivotal campaign I worked on with the Rainforest Action Network um, targeting Home Depot. And what we found was rather than simply trying to regulate the industry to stop selling old growth redwood, which was something we were working on, we went straight to the customers of that brand and Mm we had the um, demonstrations in their parking lots. And when the people buying the redwoods for their hot tubs in, you know, lovely Northern California found out that their consumption of those products were contributing to the destruction of the last 1% of ancient redwoods left in the world, they stopped. And the light bulb went off for me. And I realized that one day we'd be in the world that we live in today, where brands are literally at the mercy of their customers to determine what values they want to align with. And we're in an age of unprecedented brand activism now, much like I predicted then. So that's Mm -hmm. how I ended up doing brand advocacy for GoDaddy. I went on the inside working with companies that are making positive change in the world and and working with their customers who really form tribes around these shared values. Mm -hmm. Interesting you said that. As you said, the brands are at the mercy of consumers. And, you know, in this very saturated and fast-moving digital world that we live in today is I think that a lot of brands, a lot of companies still have this huge misconception because they're still marketing in the way that we did 50 years ago and the way that we did 10 years ago, even five years ago, I I think. And the evolution of the marketplace in general, which by the way, your story is magnificent. How you went from, you know, being an environmentalist to being a GoDaddy, you know, today is, so I think that was an important point why I, I wanted to reiterate because it's important to understand as a takeaway on this podcast of how indeed companies are at the mercy of consumers because the consumer has a stronger voice. They have a voice to begin with that they didn't have before and they're capable of making those decisions um, in, in that fashion. So thank you for sharing your, your, your background. So with that being said, and this might be a bit of a redundant question, but is there any specific area of expertise that you have? I know you mentioned politics and environment, but is there any one specific area that you know you feel like you have a strong suit in? Absolutely. I mean, at, at my uh, core, I am an organizer. And when I took the turn into social media, I actually coined the term way back when, before social media management was a discipline within companies, called online community organizer. Um, Today, what I do is really called advocate marketing, and it's a specialty within social media. But basically, it goes back to its early roots, um, a book by Howard Rheingold that inspired me early on, and the early online communities, one of which uh, really was inspiring to me was The Well. And and where we are today is social listening, which is one of the skills that I bring to the table for the, I I not only work for GoDaddy, but I have a side hustle doing this for companies, really going in and tapping Mm -hmm. the tribe by listening actively to what it is that our customers or prospects online or humans online, because that's the problems as we start seeing each other as targets. And then we try to, you know, in the old 50s era, madman advertising way, target people. But in fact, Mm -hmm. it's, actually connections that we're trying to build um, and that is what I do I connect people so I call myself a connection catalyst and that's the most concise way to really Mm -hmm. what I do 
Very cool. And I actually noticed that on your LinkedIn profile. And the reason I didn't include it in the intro is because I wanted you to be the one to kind of spotlight on that and mention that you are a conversion uh, or conversation, excuse me, catalyst. And one thing that you mentioned that I wanted to, uh, again, emphasize upon is you mentioned that a lot of companies look at consumers as, as targets. And then the yeah. reality of things is like you said, to validate your point is this that we are humans. We do business with humans. So humans have emotions. Humans have feelings. You know, they have attachment. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think you were sort of implying here, too, is this that everything that we do as humans, whether it's buying a product or a service, has some kind of an emotional attachment, right? So the fact that you are a conversation catalyst is you know how to get from point A to point B to start that conversation to where ultimately you're talking about a product, a brand, a service, and sparking that conversation through that human. And, you know, again, this is a really big misconception. The whole targeting thing is the way companies are targeting consumers. You know, who our target market is. No, what humans are you going to be speaking to, right? And and, that, and again, as I mentioned to you before the call, too, is this that... Uh, all the marketing lingo that's floating around that talks about buyer personas and target audience and really putting a target on the foreheads of every single consumer. So I think it's great that you are investing the time to find out, to build those tribes, to help those companies, you know, develop those conversations because it helps forge communities. And that's what you need for business. You need strong communities. Right. I mean, you know, some of the people that have inspired me, Seth Godin has several books that, that really have been the core of, of in my library. And his book on tribes really says it all. Um, and he really talks about in that book something that I've experienced personally, both in GoDaddy and the other brands that I've worked with. When you have a tribe of people around your brand and you really are a tribe, meaning not only do you hang out together on social media online, but in the last couple of years, we've invested a great deal in sending our employees out in the field and meeting people in real life. Um, that's how I met uh, Brian and Courtney Kramer and Dennis Yu and some of the other guests that I hear you've had on, on your podcast, um, you know, online and then in real life. And we have real connections. So, mm -hmm. you know, as I've been building my own personal brand and, and getting my blog off the ground, it really has hit me over the head that, you know, it's, it's about content. I mean, it's about connections, not content. Right. So. You know, as we're in this overwhelming era of content, there's literally an explosion. I don't know about you, but I can't keep up with the amount of content that I'm responsible for curating, for sharing, <laughs> for reading. And yeah. it's just an explosion as I go out and craft my brand and decide what content am I going to create for the world. It's kind of driving me nuts. And it really just hit me right. that... One of the things that, that I'm about is connections, not content, and less is more. So having this um, tribe of people around your brand that you really are connected to, not mm -hmm. just people that you're you know, sharing things around so that you hopefully get a quid pro quo, because that's not a relationship. That's not right. a human being. But I really care about the Kramers. Like, I love hanging out with them. Yeah, yeah. Every time you know. we get there, we have a blast. And, yeah. And I that about you know Brian Fanzo and Carlos Gill and all these great yeah. people I've had the pleasure of meeting in real life. Um, they are really great human beings, and I hope I get to hang out with you one day in real life too, because you Absolutely. seem like that same 
pack and each and every one of the people that I'm meeting through these social media connections that we're developing, once mm-hmm. I meet you in real life, it really it changes the relationship. And I think that's that's where we need to head. And that's the only thing that's going to save us from, you know, hiding behind these avatars online and behaving right. in ways that we wouldn't when we were in front of each other. And, and gosh knows, everyone seems to agree uh, that that is needed these days. Well, you know, you brought up some very interesting points that I wanted to touch upon is this that, first of all, the face-to-face uh, interaction is ir- irreplaceable. Um, nothing, nothing will replace the human interaction. So whether it's just a handshake, whether, you know, it's a virtual one or right. just, you know, waving or because communication has evolved into digital channels. Right. And I think that uh, as humans and, and brands and companies have become so bogged down into thinking that they can manipulate that in a way without having the actual human touch. And this was right. really the basis behind this podcast is to have people like you, you know, talk about the importance of the human touch, of the conversation, to be a catalyst, to forge those tribes and really look beyond you know what the buzz or words like social have become buzzwords really and they have they have diluted and lost its meaning really to where a lot of people are forgetting the simplicity behind social for instance that social is about an aggregation of humans really and not i mean in the digital age it is online but in real life it's about connecting with people it's about talking to people. It's about having experiences. And you talked about the Kramers. You know, what's really interesting is this that uh, and I admire Brian because when I went out to Google and did some searches on human marketing, he's really like at the top. I mean, he's the guy that, you know, I, I, I don't know if I would like Seth Godin, I would call. And I love Seth Godin, by the way. I love uh, a lot of his books, The Tribes, huge follower and advocate of his business mentality also. And. When I search for the Kramers, too, is just that, I mean, he's kind of up there with, like, Seth Godin in terms of, like, forging the whole H2H movement. I'm like, when I saw that and getting invited to the Facebook group, I mean, it was an indication that, look, this isn't just a a whimsical pursuit of trying to prove some kind of a a make-believe methodology. No, this is an actual movement, an actual trend that a lot of business professionals and marketers that marketers that and from what I hear Brian is very well respected in that regard also in the Kramers because he sees outside of the box and people like you who validate also and see the importance on that I mean that's a mountain of potential untapped potential that is brewing up to basically burst and create this huge movement of human centricity and human marketing, human business. So it was interesting that, that you mentioned that. I know we got a little bit off on a tangent there, which kind of segues into my next question. I wanted to ask you specifically about human marketing and whether or not you, you know you think this is a feasible business approach. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, in fact, it's the only feasible business approach. I mean, I think some companies are going to have success um, in different ways. I mean, look at Amazon. How often do you interact with a real human mm-hmm. when you interact with Amazon? Um, very rarely in my experience. And and it's interesting because they've built such a great functioning um, shopping site that is the gold standard that they've, they've won on that front. However, um, it doesn't replace... Uh, certain human experiences and every time I buy from Amazon 
you know, I feel a little guilty because I know I'm stealing business from what was once a local business transaction. I'm really inspired by and an advocate of the, you know, shop local movement, uh, mm -hmm. slow food, all of the, the things that really keep dollars inside the community. Part of my history is also uh, working with the Green Party. And one of the key values there is local economics. So I think that in this era of increasing automation, the bots are coming. I mean, I don't know, my, my inbox is suddenly full of, of webinars about bots in the last two weeks, like the likes of which I've never seen. So, you know, the, the AI is coming for your jobs. <laughs> it's true. And right. instead of fighting it, I think what is the big trend that's going to happen is that life-fulfilling ventures are going to be more essential and possible through things that you just can't automate and make better through technology. And that's where mm -hmm. I think our next revolution um, can and must be is in these human to human connections that, you know, we could be fearful of the automation that's coming, but we're also overwhelmed with content, as I mentioned before. So automating some of the work that is repetitive is essential for online marketers. We can't really fight that trend because we'll get out competed by those who do. But what we can do is try to figure out ways to build human layers of experience on top of that. And part of how GoDaddy does it, and one of our strengths and why people love working with us is that we have a call center that is U.S.-based. And even though there are humans right. on the other side of the continent that are answering call centers for most other companies, it feels less human when you have a cultural and a communication barrier with someone who, even though they're a human, um, right. is not going to necessarily understand you as well. So people love the fact that they can call someone who answers the phone in Phoenix, Arizona, or um, in Iowa who is much more acquainted with the cultural realities, at least in the U.S. here, um, right. that deal with. And we also have call centers local in Europe, similar things. We'd like to route those calls to a local place. So that's just one example. I think there's plenty of other uh, ways that we can use social media to be more human and more social. I love um, some of the, the tips I've picked up on. I, I go to a, a Twitter chat every week, um, or I try to make it every week, called Twitter Smarter. And in addition, I, I go to Brian Kramer's H2H chat. Mm -hmm. And those two chats um, have really inspired me to partner with another GoDaddy customer, Sue Duras, for my own, uh, we do a monthly chat called AdvoChat. And even though okay. these are social and they're online, it's more human than simply cranking out links on Twitter and clicking on each other's links, which still <laughs> helps me feel like I'm part of a tribe when somebody shares right. great content. I love, but doing that live chat in real time where we're interacting with each other um, and even, you know, Chris Strubb is another person who's inspired me to really get human with people and send video messages through mm -hmm. Twitter instead of just text messages. These Very are all cool. ways that kind of break through some of the technical nature of the tools that we're using and be more human with each other without running from those tools. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of things is, first of all, I'm very intrigued in, in hearing some of the some of the things from people like you that you mentioned about the humanization of especially marketing specifically marketing channels like you talked about Twitter. And I love the idea about video messages. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some mobile app that's currently brewing up that just does that. That It's just video to video. It's peer to peer video messaging or video replies. Yeah. So I absolutely love that. Um, the one thing that you mentioned about AI earlier, uh, just to go back a little bit to a, a similar conversation I had with Brian, is this that um, technology was not built to be a supplement. It was not to be, uh, it was not built to be a replacement for humanity. It was built right. to be a tool to be utilized 
to help humans be more efficient in their endeavors. For instance, um, there was a really great article on HubSpot that really, I think, kind of inspired me uh, in terms of the whole movement with this podcast is that, you know, kind of shared the story of what is a human brain, right? So an example is you walk into your coffee shop. Uh, your favorite coffee shop every day and you know you're looking forward to having that peer-to-peer interaction with you know your your favorite barista and maybe you know they tell you how their weekend went maybe it's a monday and you know you have the chit chatter now imagine one day you walk into that coffee shop and it's one of those robots now by the way they're testing in japan from what i heard that serves you that coffee with no interaction whatsoever now you order it you get your coffee the way you like it with just enough cream or sugar or whatever right but there's no human element in that there's really no interaction in that there's no conversation and at the end of the day is we are the most superior creatures in the universe and we like those little things we like the conversation we like the chatter we like to touch and feel stuff because it's more personal, right? Or just yeah. the, the simple smile, right? And right. maybe just a wave, hey, see you tomorrow type of thing, right? So that is what companies are missing. And the reality of things is today's tech-savvy consumer is just that, a lot more savvy in knowing and how inflated marketing is. And you just mentioned earlier on that your inbox is flooded. There's a reason it's flooded, right? It's because everyone's bidding for your attention. They want your yeah. money. They want your uh, attention. They want your time. They want everything just so they can market to you. And I think that's where companies need to figure out how do we turn the page and realize, like you mentioned, is that we are at the mercy of consumers. We need to survey, like what I love that GoDaddy has done. This was another point I wanted to touch upon is that it's only it's one of the few companies, if not the only domain registrar in the U.S. that employs U.S.-based customer service. And guess what? Americans do not like talking to people offshore because of the cultural, because of uh, the language barrier also. And that might sound with like a pun intended behind it, but it really isn't because when you think about it is when you're calling customer service, the last thing you want is to talk to someone who seems like they're reading from the teleprompter and giving you poor customer service. And it's not because they're inhuman. It's just that they're doing what they were trained to do. Right. So that's one right. of the things that I really love about GoDaddy is that they have invested. And even though they see that, you know, there might be a higher cost involved with that, they realize that the human centricity element is a lot more important than employing offshore customer service. It's true. And, you know, every business as we scale has to look at each opportunity for automation, I think, uh, very carefully. And I am not necessarily rejecting all technical solutions. I'll give you a couple of examples outside of GoDaddy. I recently had a very delightful experience um, at a hotel in New York called Yotel. And it's actually partnered with uh, Virgin uh, the Virgin brands, and they had the most fascinating automation. So you know how after you're done with your hotel stay, but you want to stay in, in New York for the rest of the day, you need to check right. your bags right. with the bell person. Right. And you know that's that's the kind of thing where maybe in your coffee example, you might have decided, well, this this would just be evil, too much automation. But it's actually really cool. They had a robot that would check your bag for the day in this huge bank of of luggage storage, and and you just put the money in, and it grabbed your bags, and this giant robotic arm came down and put your bag away right. you know the the hotel was able to give me a delightful experience despite that robotic um solution to that problem because they were able to take the humans that they were employing in the hotel and have them do things that were much more meaningful 
for me than having a human being stow my bag away. So they still have plenty of humans doing the right thing, but they're just employing the technology and they're taking the gains and, and doing something very human with the people that they still employ um, to do other things. A a different example in the other direction that we're all familiar with is the automation with these, um, IVR systems when you phone in to get support and and you have to navigate your way through some tree of seven different options that if you miss because you're distracted (laughs) and who isn't, then you have to go back and re-listen to them and then you get the ace on the phone and they want your information anyway, but you just gave it to the spot and it's just maddening. It makes, I think most of us, our blood boil. So I would challenge whoever's in that industry to come up with a better way to use automation that more human and not all companies are blowing it like that some companies have better voice recognition than others and and it works better than others but in marketing technology we are just at the outset of using fantastic evolution of um, AI to be able to personalize experiences in a way that I think brings us closer to the human to human experience rather than further away for so long we've had siloed marketing departments that blast out push messaging at everyone just with a spray and pray methodology and that is a very delightful experience for most of us so as we employ new technologies for marketing automation that can get us closer to an alignment with what we really want from the relationships that we have with brands I mean part of what led me down this path as I mentioned initially is you know instead of fists in the air protesting companies doing things that we disagree with I see fistfuls of money and time and where we spend our money and time is what is creating the world that we live in so if you don't want the Dakota access pipeline and let me be clear I don't think it should be running oil and none of those pipelines pumping dirty oil it should just be in the ground Um, we need to move our money away from the banks that are financing those pipelines because we have not been able to stop these um, really foolish business practices from happening through regulation and in Washington and Sacramento. So we've the vote that we have left is the one that we cast every day with our dollars and our time. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a very powerful message there and an even more powerful finish uh, to that. The one thing I was going to mention about um, the automation that you talked about earlier, your hotel experience, uh, which by the way, was it YOLO? Yotel. 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 Yeah. Yotel. Yotel. Is there certain things that robotics and and AI and technology are meant to do to to establish efficiency, uh, I think. Uh, But there's other things that we shouldn't supplement. And I think that, um, you know, looking at uh, American manufacturing, for instance, how it has died over the last 30 years is that I think that was one of the biggest misconceptions that that attributed to it is that Everything could be autonomized, that everything could be done by machines, and obviously that created the demise of the manufacturing and a lot of factories closing down and all that. So to your point, like you were talking about robotics, is that you know, I wanted to emphasize on the importance that you know, as a takeaway is this the care, the change, and the technology is not a supplement. It's just an alternative to helping us do things. And I think your powerful finish on your message, you know, to extrapolate that a little bit further is to establish an understanding of how we best use our time as humans for the things we care and to be more proactive than reactive in our endeavors. 
And I think that's yeah. kind of what you were going with is just that, yes, the world has many problems and, you know, we could spend every day trying to fix the world's problems. But then we find ourselves going down this rabbit hole of and in marketing specifically is we're doing the same thing over and over and over. And we are taking one step forward and two steps back and doing the square dance, basically. So I think that was a very, very powerful finish that uh, you mentioned there. I want to segue, you know, kind of into the next question is this particularly talk a little bit about state of social and digital. What are your thoughts on 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 state of social and digital and any predictions that you have? Because I think you mentioned that there was one prediction you mentioned, I think, a few minutes ago that you had predicted as sort of like a uh, oncoming trend. So what are your thoughts on social and digital? Any predictions? Sure. Yeah, I think that the brands that are able to use the technologies that are coming online now and harness the overwhelming amount of data that we have. I mean, we're all swimming in data, but getting it to talk to each other um, is a challenge for businesses large and small. So the businesses are able to to leverage these incredible stores of data to be more human in our interactions with each other are the ones that are going to survive. And I also think that we're going to see the rise of more things inspired with uh, the experience that many of us have, have either witnessed or had directly with Pokemon Go of integrating um, real life experiences and connections with the technology, that augmented reality. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Pokemon Go player uh, myself, but I've certainly <laughs> been in meetings with people who are sitting there doing that. And, right. And how addictive it is. Um, and right. I think fascinating how they manage to, to integrate the the real world with the technology. We're going to see more and more of that. I guess Snapchat is on the, the verge of something big announcement around that. I haven't loosely tracked, but but I think that's that's what the the answer to all of this alienation that we increasingly feel from mm -hmm. the social web that we've created as a layer kind of in between each other. I, I live in San Francisco and it's the epicenter of the evolution of, of culture around these technologies. Right. And it's a, ironic, even though San Francisco is only seven miles across, <coughs> walk across town if I want to right. in, in a short amount of time. But we are so isolated sitting around in our little cubicles, playing our, our Pokemon games and talking into video monitors, much like I'm doing right now. So the, <laughs> the way that companies can you know, help people, I think, with something that we're all yearning for right now, which is that human connections, is really think about how can this technology bring us together instead of putting this layer in between us. And I do right. think we're going to start seeing a lot of innovation in that area. Right. Um, so you were talking about Pokemon Go and something that I wanted to cross-pollinate here. So the, the new Snapchat feature that you were referring to was uh, the GeoMap. So it's really geo-positioning and something right. that has to do with... Um, it's very similar to what Pokemon Go has done in terms of, which, by the way, is a, I mean, that game exploded because, in an essence, at the basis of it, it's very human-centric. It's very basic because it's all about role-playing, in a sense. It's yeah. all about geo-positioning. So, uh, but I think what Snapchat is trying to do is maybe merge that human connection with this map thing. But a lot yeah. of what I've been hearing is on that note is this, you know, a lot of people are concerned with privacy at this point because yeah. the reality of things is, you know, I love technology. You know, I've been passionate about it for over two decades since I was 14 years old. But the one thing that I'm starting to recognize more and more of, maybe this because uh, I'm a new father, is this that there's so much, so much uh, 
privacy issues. And even though, you know, companies like Facebook or Snapchat or Twitter tell you, oh, yeah, we're huge on privacy. We don't disclose personal information, this and that. The rea- Or Google even. The reality of things is Google is actually the most notorious of all. That I think extrapolates right. personal data while you're sleeping, literally. Yeah. So that's one of, one of the one of the frightening things is this that you know so the Snapchat thing the the Pokemon Go but you're absolutely right we are so bogged down into the technologies because we are so focused on connectivity because that's what technology that's what social media is helping us do to where we have literally completely forgotten you know what the meaning is of a handshake or a conversation with a human being because that is irreplaceable that is at the basis of how businesses were built in the earlier days and yeah. that's what companies need to be embracing in 2017 in a world of digital distraction where we have literally multiple companies and multiple technologies and multiple apps i think i even heard something about uh millennials i think it was is this that uh, they feel disconnected from the world unless they have their smartphone in the palm of their hand. I oh, mean, yeah. think about that for a second. Disconnected. Yeah. They would rather be on their mobile phone. And I'm sort of an upper end millennial, too. So I kind of cross pollinate that a little bit is that. I mean, imagine what that means, right? Is this that there's all this automation, we're plugged into, so to speak, the matrix, if you would. And it's like we're afraid to immerse and step out outside of that technology zone and embrace the human centricity. Like you said, you know, conversations, yeah. building our tribes, building our communities. And this is so essential to business, honestly, that I think companies are forgetting that. Is this, how do you connect as opposed to embracing more automation is how do you embrace more personalization? Right. So I think um, you're absolutely right. Yeah. So that was really interesting. You mentioned that and, with that being said, you know, uh, Stacy, this was this was a little a powerhouse of a conversation. Uh, we're at thirty minutes now, and I literally enjoyed every single moment of it because what I literally thrive upon is the perspective of others, people like you, especially who recognize and see the value of the human evolution of the human centricity, human marketing, human business, really all of that together. So, with that being said, if people want to connect to uh, with you on the web, what's the best way to reach you? Sure. Well, um, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't give out my own domain, which is stacydepolo.com. So it's S-T-A-C-E-Y-D-E-P-O-L-O.com. And there you can find all my social handles um, on most networks, uh, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm at sdepolo. And uh, my Facebook page is uh, Social Stacy. Great, great, great. And by the way, with the website, that will be included in the description of the podcast so people can connect with you. Uh, I strongly encourage all the listeners to connect with guests, uh, especially if they want to continue the conversation. Who knows? Maybe you can help uh, help them with their company in some way, some form or fashion to humanize it. So, Stacy, it was really a pleasure jamming with you. Thank you so much for hopping on. And I had a really good, great time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Ivan. I really um, had a great time as well. Every second of this was a fun conversation for me. So you're, you're great at what you do. And I hope when I get my podcast off the ground, it's as good as, as yours is turning out. 
All right, guys, uh, that was the uh, guest uh, interview with Stacey DePolo. And if I might add, that was actually a rather lengthy guest interview as I've been really trying to cap the guest interviews at around 15 to 20 minutes uh, simply because, well, our attention span as humans is continuously decreasing. And I'm led to believe that even though majority of you guys are truly enjoying the podcast, uh, I believe that uh, being succinct and efficient and truncating uh, all the information in a shorter period of time might in fact be more beneficial so but again uh, i would love to be proven wrong so please let me know what you think do you enjoy the lengthier podcast or the uh, shorter version of the podcast so we can uh, adapt accordingly moving forward um, hopefully you enjoyed the, the guest interview with stacy de i just wanted to take a couple of minutes to reflect upon some interesting points that Stacy made and by the way these will be listed in the highlight section in the description of this podcast episode so you'll be able to see it on uh, iTunes on Podbean or any other uh, podcast software of your choice so here we go here's a few of the most important highlights and takeaways from the guest interview with Stacy DePolo brands need to understand that they're at the mercy of consumers Forging tribes is critical to business success in today's competitive business world. And FYI, if you have not picked up Seth Godin's book on tribes, I encourage you to do so. Stacy DePolo mentioned that in the guest interview. That is absolutely a game changer for anyone that is an entrepreneur or a business owner specifically. The third point is... <clears throat> the consumer has a voice and a strong one too that allows them to control situations and more or less dictate the the outcome when you have a tribe around your brand it helps forge real connections that are speechless to describe this is a very powerful highlight uh, right there guys nothing will replace the face-to-face -face connection no technology no AI no AR no VR will ever replace the face-to-face -face connection human marketing is in reality the only feasible business approach technology and automation does not replace the human experience ai might be coming for our jobs although it is not deemed as a replacement yet anyway keeping up with the mass content is extremely difficult so focusing on the most important or most knowledgeable, most interesting content, more, most trusted content would probably be a, a more feasible approach. Brands that learn how to harness the new technologies coming online and how to use them in human ways will be the ones who will continue to thrive. More real life human experiences will be integrated with thin AR, AI, excuse me, and AR. So those were some of the most important highlights out of the guest interview, guys, with Stacey DePolo. I hope you truly enjoyed the guest interview. Uh, questions, comments, feedback are always welcome. Uh, don't don't uh, hesitate to email me at ivan at razorsharpdigital.com or you can uh, simply uh, tweet at me as well at ivan underscore temelkov or at HBN Podcast. And with that being said, this concludes episode 12 of the Human Business Narrative Podcast with yours truly, Ivan Temelkov, and my special guest, Stacey DiPolo. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Truly appreciate it. And as always, keep it human. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.